your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air Yeah And there's screams from everywhere Yeah I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who gon' this town tonight hey, Welcome to Palmer Lasher Sports Talk Alex Clancy, Demery Lachey in studio Tuesday morning, might be joined by Kwame a little later. As of now, it's just us two. Yes. Demi, you liking the show so far? Just the two of us. Yeah, I'm loving the show. Yeah. Um, what is this, week, going on week three? Come yeah. Middle of week three and uh, still here, still around. Uh, I'm enjoying every moment of it, man. It's, it's great. Uh, best hour of my day. Cool, yeah. Honestly. You know, and I've been doing this three years and we talked about this. We were texting. and uh, Me too. You know, this is yeah. still, I've been doing it three years and it's still, um, Still something I look forward to every day. Uh, I look forward to arguing with Kwame and, uh, you know, et cetera. Yesterday we had a really, really good show. Didn't talk about anything that we were supposed to talk about, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it was a bad show. We talked Daryl Washington, and that spurned so many questions about uh, the lawsuit against the NFL with regards to paying former players for medical treatment, for damages, for the inability to have a 100% positive quality of life after the game of football and it's a very polarizing topic because Kwame and I come from very different sides of it you know I'm all I do is I watch I analyze I I read I um I crunch numbers I do things in that regard and then I make my opinion based on theory and numbers and Kwame lived it so it's it's interesting to to see both sides and to see how unfairly these guys were treated treated uh, in Kwame's opinion, I mean, and you can't help but see that. You can't help but see that the NFL is slighting these former players and current players uh, with regards to treatment, and that all comes down to money and the money to be able to pay for it. So the $765 million settlement, quote-unquote, uh, that came a few months back is now put into question, and, and I, this isn't over, and it won't be over for a long time. And, and Kwame brought the v- a very morbid thing that, and he's not necessarily wrong that having some of these older players die before the settlement is reached doesn't hurt the NFL, which is, you know, it seems inhumane. And it, it's it, these guys aren't cattle. You know, these guys aren't. These are human beings with families and, and all of their bodily injuries that they've sustained over the course of time in the NFL and with all of the side effects of the pain medication that they took throughout their years to cover up the pain is now yielding more issues with regards to their quality of life. So I will see what happens. Kwame said it will be in in a couple minutes. We do need to talk about the NBA Finals. Game 1 Thursday in San Antonio, Miami, San Antonio. 
We'll talk about that when he gets here because I, I, I really want to see. I, I mean, I'm picking, and he doesn't know this yet, I'm picking San Antonio in five or six. And, and I'll talk about why when he gets here so he can tell me I'm crazy and he can throw something at me. Uh, we need to talk about V. Stiviano, the woman who is the, who is the uh, mistress. And mistress is usually uh, under the radar. Mistress is usually uh, in the shadows. And Shelly Sterling knows about the mistress and knows that whole thing. So it's a All weird right. situation. But she got assaulted by two men outside of a hotel in New York. Uh, and I, I read on Twitter all over the place that she got what, she, what was coming to her, all of these things. And I, I just think that's unfair. I think that the thing that happened with Donald Sterling, in theory, she didn't do anything wrong. I mean, is that fair to say? I mean, yes, she, she was sleeping with a married man. She took money for services rendered, I guess, so to speak. She uh, followed, followed instructions by recording their conversations with her and Donald Sterling. So I don't necessarily think that she did anything wrong, and now she's being pretty much exiled from society because she's a whole part of this. I know she was technically the whistleblower on the whole thing, but we still really don't know why Donald Sterling wanted to have all of his conversations recorded. Could have been for his memoirs, could have been for a bunch of different things. So I'm not really sure. Do you think that it's fair? We'll talk about this really briefly. Do you think that it's fair that V. Stiviano is is getting all of this awful press and saying that she got what was coming to her by being assaulted by two strange men? You know what? I, I don't know. I think some people do deserve to get punched in the face. I really believe that. Um, but I'm not going to say... We know who Donald Sterling is now, uh, but he's been that way for a while. It's more public now. If he wanted his stuff recorded, he would have got somebody else other than a mistress or a girlfriend to record his his conversations. You would have did this in a professional way, signed something so it doesn't get leaked out. So the lawyer he is, the litigator he is, if it does get leaked out, he has more ammunition to sue that company, that person. So I don't believe that... This was, a, and I don't know the full story. I'm speculating. I'm outside looking in. I don't believe that her, she, uh, Stiviano, was told to record these conversations. That now we found out he has Alzheimer's. Has nothing to has nothing to do with what he said. In my opinion, you are who you are. Um, found out he may be. Well, he's actually lost his mind. But he's been this person for a while. I just really believe that if he wanted these things recorded and documented, he would have had a film crew. He would have had a uh, sonographer. (laughs) He would have had someone recording this thing or typing these things as he went about his days so his story can be told. Because I can't believe that she was recording this so later on in life, when they talk about the Clippers and where he come from, all the real estate investments he's had, everything he's he's done to make himself successful, all the uh, taking the Clippers from 12.5 to 500 million, so we could tell his life story when he's long gone. I don't believe she's the one to do this. You do this professionally, especially when you know how to go about your business. Yeah, Demery, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, with her, with the what, what was it like a tax or what did she? I think she got she got smacked around, pushed around a little yeah. bit outside of the hotel. I mean, with that, with, with what with what all happened during the speculation? I mean, you know, what goes around comes around. I mean, she put herself in that situation where she was like, you know what, I'm signing up, I'm going to do this recording, or whatever she did, whatever their plan was, for Donald Sterling to spill out some news and some information about his personal feelings and the whole speculation. So with that being said, um, you pretty much putting yourself in predicament out there in the world. Like, yeah, 
this guy deserves what he's saying. It needs to come out. The world needs to know he's an owner. He's an NBA owner. He owns you know, a team in, in the NBA that's um, in you know that's big time in the playoffs. So therefore, their owner feeling some type of way that she knows about personally that needed to be obviously she wanted to bring that out. And therefore, you know, like I said, what goes around comes around. So she's going to get bumped around. She's going to get eyed and viewed by maybe the parties that she attended um, differently now with those billionaires or um, executives in the higher offices. So, therefore, when she's exiting a uh, hotel, she's going to have to watch her back. She's going to have media around her 24-7. This is what she signed up for. Yeah. Um, she might not sign a letter of intent or <laughs> just like a— So then she makes some racist comments of her own? I um, think she was protecting her uh, racial comments. I don't think she was discriminating against— um, Officially, uh, like Donald Sterling, billionaire, because oh, I think that's what she was I, trying I thought, to intend uh, to. Because I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, um, I, I just heard some comments that she made some racial comments of her own after being punched in the face. I'm not 100% sure on that. That's why I was just asking. Yeah, no, I don't. It, that hasn't really come out. I think that the racial comments were towards her and not, um, and not the other way around. Uh, but so, so the thing is that. Nobody does. She didn't deserve this because of what she did, in my opinion. But these are just byproducts, as you said. That you put yourself in this kind of situation. Some of these things could potentially happen by other idiots that they want to make a name for themselves as well. And I mean, I think that's what's happened. I, and this is really, this is really a non-story. Like it's not. We'll talk about it today, and then it's kind of going to go off unless it becomes a string of events. But yeah. she's not important enough to worry about, in my opinion. She's not. She she doesn't really have. She's, she's really not. But I don't think. I don't know why people are so surprised about what she is and who she is as a person, and that this don't happen in life. I don't know why they're surprised about it. it to me, not knowing anything, it seems like it was a situation done out of money, uh, for money purposes, money yeah. reasons. But I don't know why, if someone tell me, if I tell someone record my my conversations, that don't mean leak my conversations. But she said she wasn't the one leaked it. It came down to one of her girlfriends or friends leaked it. So why would one of her girlfriends or friends have that information to leak it? So to me, it's all you 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 make something, you do something for money, and then you're trying to cover it up so you don't get sued. <laughs> and this is very much like the Jonathan Martin and Rich Incognito situation, not the story itself. But the we can talk about this till we're till we're blue in the face, but we don't really know what happens until we find out what happens. And that's remember we talked about Jonathan Martin speculating for a month before we found out what happened. And this is what I mean, more things are gonna come out about the Sterling case. More things are gonna come about exactly what happened, and until then, you know, all we can do is speculate. So this is just another little another little blip on the on the radar about this story, but she's gonna ride off into the sunset, she's gonna have plenty of money and and that's going to be it. She's a child. I mean, she what is she? Twenty four. Yeah. So I mean, it's not. It's not going to be worth it. The money she gets is not going to be worth it. Well, maybe it is to her. That, she, that's she, why she got. You think she would really love Donald Sterling? I don't know who. Uh, well, I don't. You know what? I don't know who people love and why they love them, but they do. Um, I'm not saying uh, she did or didn't. I'm just saying she's not going to know what to do with the money she get. No. She's never had it. She's just been who she has has been to for what reason she had to get those monies. So we have San Antonio and Oklahoma City Thursday night. Before that, let's jump to basketball. Do you think Derek Fisher is the best p- person to take the head coaching position in New York? Yes, I don't know why he wouldn't be. Jason Kidd because he has it. no experience. Jason Kidd had no experience. Yeah, he, had, he was successful. But he, he had a at veteran point, team. At what point did you get these kids? We we watched the uh, we watched the uh, who was it played with the Lakers sitting on the bench, still sitting Brian on the bench. Shaw. He, Brian Shaw, who had exactly. 
at what point do you get them experience? If you got a coach in Phil Jackson, you got a coach in Pat Riley, you give somebody like a a, a, a Sprostel an opportunity because you can you can manage and orchestrate that from the background, but you let this guy grow the job, and at the same time, you're giving him some of the best players in the league that ever played the game. Yeah. So why not give a, a Fisher – a, a, a head start, a job, so he can gain the experience. And Fisher' ultimate goal is to to be what Phil Jackson is, not the four, fourteen, not the eleven championships, but the office uh, office guy, a guy who can control things from sitting in the air conditioning, from sitting on his desk, a guy who understands basketball at a high level, a guy who has five NBA championship games. Uh, you give him a chance. At what point you don't? Especially you can do it with the Knicks because what do they have to lose? I know. The prominence of Madison Square Garden and the Knicks being on top in, uh, for such a long time. But I think Derek Fisher would be one of those top three candidates to have the New York Knicks job. Yeah, I mean, well, Brian Shaw sat on the bench for 10 years with Phil Jackson, or right. eight years with Phil Jackson. and then But he's on the contract with the Nuggets. Uh, with the, with the Nuggets. Had, yeah, and they did awfully this year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and they had, they had more talent. I know Danilo Gallinari was out for the whole year, but they had more talent than their record would indicate. And... I do think that, I mean, look at Tom Thibodeau. He sat on the bench with Doc Rivers for a long time, and then he was ready to be a head coach. I don't think that you can learn on the job as a head coach. I, I think, think you I need. Think you can. I think you need to learn sitting on the bench and being a backup singer for a couple of years before. I mean, Jason Kidd. It helps. Yeah, well, Jason Kidd, they went on a sick run. I mean, they had an awful record going to the All-Star break, and after the All-Star break, they went nuts. And I think a lot of that had to do with Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett being coaches on the court, which allowed his team to look at somebody else than Jason Kidd as, as a whole to be able to, to move forward and get better and play as a team. I think with the Knicks, they're already, they already don't have a leader. You know, no, Carmelo's a leader, fine. No, 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 Carmelo's a leader, but he's, he's not a leader in the locker room. He's not a leader on the court. He, he isn't a Jason Kidd type. They don't have a point guard that can run the team. They don't have anybody. It's tough to find a lot of Jason Kidds, but I hear what you're saying. And he, Jason he, Kidd wasn't Jason Kidd until he was Jason Kidd. You know, you have to learn on the job as a point guard to be a leader. Not everybody's innate like that. Look at Rondo. He's not there yet. But he's a, he's a supreme talent. Rondo's I'm, probably one of the best point guards in the NBA. But he's not a leader yet. He's a locker room problem. He sends people away that don't want to play with him. Uh-huh. That's, that's what it is. Him and Doc Rivers had, had situations a that's lot in the past Doc couple Rivers years. Was a point, Doc Rivers was a guard, and he puts his, a lot of value into molding his point guards. And, Doc, and Rondo comes in with a hot head thinking he already knows more than he does, which Doc Rivers trying to explain to you, you don't. That's where that conflict come in. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. On the other side, we'll talk more. Derek Fisher will preview Oklahoma City and the Spurs. I promise. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You are going global with gas. 
Man. Is that Matt the intern? That's here. I look, I made this show. Dude, you totally made it, man. You were doing the Big Brother tryout today. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. All right, let's come on. Let's play drug code. Where'd you learn that, Cheech? Drug school. Yeah. Are we going to play porn and music or not? This program contains sexually explicit dialogue. Discretion is advised. Live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time on the VoiceAmerica.com variety channel. Going global with gas. Man. How the hell do they know that I got gas? Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Prime Life Sports. I got us Clancy, uh, Demery Lachey. We're going to finish up with some Dirk Fisher. Lachey, Demery, you got a. A uh, event coming up, right? Or a part of an event? Yeah, it's an uh, event going on tomorrow evening. Um, it'll be in Chandler, um, Arizona area. It's a fundraiser for the American Football Youth Organization. Um, they're getting a fundraiser charity event. Uh, a lot of sponsors, a lot of networking, and uh, supposed to be celebs on hand. It's a red carpet uh, fair event, so it sounds pretty fun, interesting. Um, I will be in attendance um, so along with saying, Alex. You saying we can just go to Chandler, be in the area, and we'll be there? Because that don't sound like a physical address. <laughs> oh, I got the address for you. One more, I'm, yeah, have to call me out, man. I mean, yeah, man, no, I, it's because it benefits the uh, youth. I think uh, uh, D. Grayer is um, head of that. Head of that. I know yeah. he does a lot of things as far as the youth and the football is concerned, as well as the. The um, golf tournaments he put on, Alex. Twenty four seventy five West Queen Creek in Chandler. West Queen Creek. That's that's far for me. That that's I the get, downtown area. 20, uh, say it again. Give me the address again. Twenty four seventy five West Queen Creek. Eight five two four eight. That's 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 down by me. Okay. That's down I guess right I guess oh, you you right there too. You right. Yeah, I guess yeah. you guys deserve me to go down there for once instead of me driving four minutes to the show. <laughs> well, I'm not going. So. Um, <laughs> I just want to get the information out. No, I may be there. Who know, who knows? Well, I'm just gonna go to channel. I'm in the area, so I just I'm gonna bump into one of you guys. Yeah, we were talking about the New York Knicks and Fisher as the head coach. Uh, I, I think I think uh, you give a guy like that a chance because it's the same format as successful quarterbacks coming out of college, like Andrew Luck and RG three and those guys. And RG three having the first, his first year being successful, taking a step back. After the second year, but we hold a lot of those guys uh, that's coming out now to those standard. If you're a first round draft pick, you should be able to come in and be successful because look, they did it. So I think Jason Kidd being one of those guys, I think you can learn a job, but it helps if you got, as Alex mentioned, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, you got a Joe Johnson, you got Darren Williams. He has some successful guys who had some success in the league. They're just not able to put it together at the time. But what Jason Kidd did do was fire some of his staff, get those bad seeds out of there because they probably wondering why he get an opportunity right off the court. Well, he's been around a lot of coaches. He has a he has a mind. He has a basketball mind 
that could get that team a little job. I and mean, maybe it's a starter job for him. Maybe the Brooklyn Nets thought, well, we'll get a starter job so we can get guys in here. And maybe we can win successfully. Maybe there's another coach out there that we really want. But right at the moment, let's get this guy. So at the moment, New York Knicks may be a starter job for um, Fisher. So who, who's to say? But I think you, he deserves an opportunity. He's in the conversation. When uh, the other coach went to Golden State, uh, after Golden State coach uh, Mark Jackson getting fired, well, he just left Phil Jackson high and dry because Phil Jackson just thought that was going to be his guy and Steve Kerr, but he left him high and dry. And you know, what not? why not? Why not give uh, uh, Fisher a Because Phil Jackson's in New York. That's why. Which, yeah. which, which means Phil Jackson coached one year and have Derek Fisher be an assistant and then have Derek Fisher take the reins and see how it goes. Phil Jackson is so egomaniacal that he said he's not going to coach, he said he's not going to coach, and he's not going to coach just because he said he wasn't going to. You know, Jimmy Dolan, the, the owner, has already gone back on his deal with Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson had 100% control over basketball operations. That what he, that's what he was told when he went to New York. Now Jimmy Dolan said, no, I'm not going to give Steve Kerr an extra year on his contract, and he left. So Jimmy Dolan is already coming back on his on his word, and I think Phil Jackson trying to stay true to his. I'm not sure what you mean by he's in New York because because Steve Be- Kerr didn't want to play in New York. I don't understand. No, why, no, I understand why Steve Kerr the wouldn't Knicks, play because he got his daughter the in, college, him, in California. The Knicks offered him four years, twenty million dollars. Golden State offered him five for twenty five, and the Knicks wouldn't match it, even though Phil Jackson wanted him to, and then he understood that he wanted to be a West Coast guy, but he wanted Steve Kerr there first. This is a business. You think about your business before you think about personal relationships. Yeah, that's what it's. That's you know what that sounds great. That really does. I'm gonna write a book about that. That sounds real good. But when you talking about if it if those those scales are balanced, then I'm all for that. I'm all for the you think about the business before personal relationship. I know a lot of guys are. Pl- Doing things right now because they know somebody. It has nothing to do with business because they know somebody. Steve Kerr has never coached in his life. Yeah. So what's the difference between him and hey, Phil? Uh, nothing. Fisher? Nothing. That's what I'm saying. You give a guy like Fisher a chance. Why was you gonna give Steve Kerr a chance and not Fisher? Now, you gotta explain that to me. Because Steve Kerr's been in the booth. He's been a GM. He's done a lot more things. He for was an no GM. He was a GM for the Suns and he did nothing. He worked from San Diego. But he was there. He worked from San Diego. You're not a GM. Derek Fisher's been playing the whole time. It's yeah, so exactly. different. Derek Fisher has five rings. Like Steve Kerr, probably well, he has six rings or four. No, I think he has four, three with he the Bulls and one with uh, one with San Antonio. San Antonio. I don't see a difference. I see you bring a guy in who has a basketball mind who can who can relate to those guys. You got to get guys to play and still have that mentality. You sitting somebody, uh, some 67-year-old coach who don't have that dog in him, he might have a great basketball mind, but he don't have that dog. Are you talking about Phil Jackson? I'm, I'm talking about anybody. I'm talking about the anybody. The coach of all time? Yeah. The same guy who had Jordan and Shaq and Kobe and all those guys. Put him somewhere else. We don't know. He, he's a great coach. I'm not taking away. You know, I don't know if you hear me or not, but I'm not talk, taking away from who Phil Jackson is. I'm saying give uh, Fisher a chance like you was going to give Steve Kerr a chance. I would take the five years, $25 million. Yeah, you got to you gotta give Fisher the chance because, I mean, he's coming straight off the court. He has, like you say, he built a relationship with Phil. Phil has put that dog into Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher, he's a, he's a competitor. So I don't think you waste your time with putting him as an assistant or – down the line of the bench, you put him as the head as, as the head coach, so he can learn more from Phil Jackson on a coaching st- type standpoint. And plus, like you like you said, the Jason Kidd system. I mean, that system works for me. You take a guy straight off the court, a, almost a, like a legendary career NBA career that you didn't play. Derrick Fisher been in the league what eighteen years? Yeah. 
Something like that. 15 years? I mean, he's no, always not. 30. He's a, yeah. How long has so, it been? But you know what? I think 18. He, I think he, him I mean, and Kobe are the same age. Yeah. yeah. Or him and Kobe he, same, came in the same so year. So if you take him straight off the court, put him right on the bench, I mean, he, he understands the game. He can bring leadership. It's almost like he's known for the leader in Oklahoma City, right? You're not going to no. tell me ever, ever. I mean, there are some great coaches. There's some great coaches that haven't played. There's some great coaches that have played. But you're not going to ever tell me that if I'm coming off the court, that that coach on the sideline, regardless of how much film he watched, is telling me what's happening. He don't. Yeah. He's not getting that sweat on him. He's not getting on. But that doesn't make him not a great coach. Because Phil Jackson was a great coach. He is a great coach. I think he can come down and do it. To your point, to your comment. But I'm talking about a guy giving a guy and Fisher a chance. Uh, he could be anybody. Give Steve Kerr a chance. He's never coached before. Give Steve Kerr a chance. He be a. He's been a GM. He was. He was a terrible GM. Uh, Fisher didn't have a chance to be a GM. He was still playing. So who knows if he would have got out the lead same time. His aspiration is to be that guy, be that GM, that Steve Kerr guy. But if he, his name is coming up in the coaching ranks, why not take it if he want it? Why not offer it to him because he's still coming off. He's still got basketball sweat there's, on him. There's one main thing that's different in New York than everything else. It's New York City. People, if they go, if they go two and six, you buy into that media market is crap. What are you talking about? That's what it is. I don't care if he was in Minnesota, he getting a coaching job. If it was Minnesota, they would be more under the radar of of his of his opening coaching month. San Antonio's on the radar. Look where they are right now. They've been on the radar in Denver. Brian Shaw. Nobody, nobody's talking about firing Brian Shaw after the first year. They they had an awful year. True. Okay. Uh, Steve Kerr in Golden State is going to have a little bit more eyes on him. New York City is the mecca of media. It's the number one media market in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's the number one media market. So everything Derek Fisher does is going to be scrutinized. Derek Fisher. Everything he does <laughs> is going to be scrutinized. I don't, I don't think Fisher you, worried about that. I don't, I don't think he worried about scrutinizing. A guy who played that he long. He played in L.A. He played in. He's a soft-spoken guy. When he's not on the court, he's a soft-spoken guy in press conferences. If you watch any of his press conferences, he's soft-spoken. Does he, he know? Said, does he know what he's saying when he's soft-spoken? For the most I, part, I'm soft-spoken. That was my bio. That shit, that crap, don't mean anything to me. That don't mean anything to me. I don't, man. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not getting it. Maybe we just don't see out on this. But I don't. I don't see him being soft-spoken, not able to get across to somebody. You want somebody to listen to you in a, in a yell in a room full of loud noise? You talk soft, and then they gotta focus up to hear you. So what him he being soft spoken has to do with him coaching? It's New York City. This guy played eighteen years in the league. You think he's not ready for scrutiny? He's played at a high he level. He hasn't had this type of scrutiny before. He's never led Are a team in a suit. Me? What? He hasn't had this type of scrutiny. What, what, he what? hasn't. As oh, as putting he's, on a suit and has, has, he, has he been a head coach before? No, yes or no? Okay. No, no. So he's never had the type of scrutiny that comes along with being a head coach. He's a head coach right now. No, he's not because he's, he's not signed coach. as a head coach. He's a head coach right now. You got head coaches on uh, basketball. You got some guys playing right now, head coaches. They're not head coaches. They're, they're not, not head coaches by title. Right. You got a head, you got, it's very different. Come in and be, maybe to you, not to me. I, got, I know guys could be on the field, be on the court, and play, and nobody, and they hear the player coach more so than they hear the head coach because they see the work this guy put in. Not discounting the head coach at all. Not discounting well, the title. That's exactly what you're not doing. Discount, not discounting, discounting the, the head coaches. I'm, calling, I'm talking about the guy who's out there sweating. Not the guy who's in the suit sweating. The one who's on the court sweating. This isn't football. This ain't, it's this, totally this, different. It has nothing, this is a major league sport. I'm talking about basketball. This, ain't gonna, this has nothing to do with football. I'm talking about the major league sport. Phil Jackson won two championships in New York. Okay, So he's been there before as a player. 
Okay, so he has that. A <laughs> lot of guys that have played. Guy that was useless. He feels See, so you are discounting he's a, coaches he's in a, general. No, I'm not. I'm not discounting coaches. I already said some of the best coaches uh, didn't have to play the game. I already said Phil Jackson is a great coach. When, where, where, am I, where am I discounting him because he played two years in New York? I don't care what New York it, I don't care what the market say. New York is a place where you might find a million people that's from New York. Everybody, that, that melting pot right there, they're not watching basketball. They, they only scrutinize when their team is losing. They're not going to the stadium. You can do that from afar. New York is that place. It's the number one media marketplace in the country. Then L, I think I believe it's L.A. You can coach. You can coach. You've been in the league for 18 years. You think he's not battle ready for that? He's no. Not, he's not I mentally ready? I think it's ready. totally different. So, that, so New York is going to destroy Derrick Potentially. Fisher. Yeah. Potentially, he can destroy anybody. L.A. can potentially destroy anybody. Miami can do that. That's why you become an assistant coach first. You can do that. That's a that's a route you can take. That's that's especially when money. That's a route especially you can when take. like he, he doesn't. He's made enough money in his career to where he can do whatever. He could work pro bono for five years. Who? Uh, Derek Fisher. Why would he do that? No, I'm just saying he's he. There's no rush. Is my point to be a head coach? I don't think he's rushing. His name came up. He didn't say throw my name in the hat. Okay, so say say hypothetically speaking, Jason Kidd next year. Say Derek Fisher doesn't get the job. Say Jason Kidd. They have an awful year next year. They get the seventh seed. They get bumped in the first they round. They probably will have an awful okay, year. Okay, so say that happens two or three years in a row. Okay, they make the playoffs, but don't make any noise. Is if he gets fired, is he going to be an assistant coach somewhere? Who Jason? It's, Kidd? it's so difficult for your psyche no, to go from not. head coach to assistant coach. See, that's where you're wrong because he's not going to be an assistant coach. He's going to be an assistant head coach from somewhere like the other head head coaches that lost their job. Look at them on staff and see what they are. They are great at something. They are a defense. Look at Thibodeau. He's a great defensive coach. Assistant Se- coach. Assistant. He was he's an assistant coach. coach. He was. But yeah. if he got fired today, he's going to be a great assistant head coach somewhere. No, he would have got. He you, would get a head coaching job somewhere else yeah, because well, I'm, he I'm went saying, through the ranks. Okay. Look at McMillan. Yeah, well, the they, and, and I think he should be the head coach of the Indiana Pacers, personally. And you still think he can be a head coach elsewhere when he failed in Portland? Well, because he was an assistant coach first. You go through the ranks. This you Jason don't have Kidd to experiment go through the ranks. You Every, don't have to go through the ranks. Um, you go through the ranks. Before Jason Kidd got a head coaching position, everybody was an assistant coach first. Or they coached in college. Oh my or they you coached in the, the NBA DL. You say he was the first guy that came right out of there and did after, your After 1970-whatever when Bill Russell did it. <laughs> what? So who came right off the court and became a head coach Look, before him? I, no one, no one probably really did it statistically, <laughs> but like if you think about it, you take a – you, you taking a point guard, a player, your player coach right now, and throwing him as the head coach. I mean, all you, you got to do is put on a certain tie. A lot of it has to do, do with the respect same thing as well. Yeah, a lot I, of people respect Derek Fisher. I guarantee you, a lot yeah, of no, them Knicks that, and players. That's fair. And I think Derek Fisher is different than Jason Kidd. I, yeah. I think Why? That, How? Because Derek Fisher saw a lot more on See, the court take, without I'm the take, ball. I'm taking my fan favorite out of it. I'm taking it out of the conversation. I'm I'm, t- I'm looking at both of these guys, and I'm like, I, I was I was. I was like any other person. Damn, Jason Kidd got a head job right out of the league. I'm like, all right, well, I know he was smart enough to do it. I, from watching Jason Kidd forever, I know he was smart enough to do it. You're not a point guard if you can't manage a team. That's why you talk about Rondo and, and, and George Hill the way that you talk about them because they're not managing the team in your opinion. You're not talking about a Jason Kidd who can't manage a team being a point guard in an NBA and then going to head coach and then all of a sudden he don't know what he's doing. Traditionally, the better the player, the worse the coach. That that that's how it's been all the way throughout. 
That that is it is. Yeah. Magic no. Johnson tried to be the head coach of the Lakers. Lasted two weeks. Isaiah Thomas, you one of the what? worst coaches in NBA history. The, you, Larry you, Bird. Are you saying these? Go ahead, Larry he, Bird. Well, he, he got him to the finals once. Okay. Okay. And his GM, he's the one that's the issue right now, and nobody's looking at him because he's Larry Bird in Indiana. The, he's the GM is the issue. is the issue. The player personnel guy is the issue. Nobody on the court. You saying Larry Bird? You, I, I'm saying Scott. Go what? Ahead. I'm you're saying Larry Bird. Larry is Bird the issue, is the issue in Indiana. Or why it's, Indiana's not winning? Right. That's, well, I, don't, I don't believe that. I don't yeah. believe that at all. They got rid of Danny Granger. They brought mm-hmm. in Evan Turner, who was worthless. They should have kept. They got rid of all their point guards ever since they had them. They had zero point guards on the team. This is Larry Bird's issue. It's not Frank Vogel's issue. But Larry he doesn't Bird, choose. But Larry Bird was looking at the situation. If we keep Danny Granger, next year we got to sign him to $8 million. Where or therefore, you, could, you can amnesty, them, amnesty him after the season. I don't think Larry Bird's the issue. I don't think... Uh, uh, Derek Fisher will be an issue in New York because of the market media. I, or he doesn't know what he's doing. He's going to come off the court after 18 years, and all of a sudden he's going to be an idiot. I don't think uh, – and, and, uh, and I mentioned, and I said this, to bring New York back to prominence, I know it's Madison Square Garden. I know it's New York. But I'm not going to – if a guy just been playing 10 years or five years in the league and then you talking about him as a head coach, then I'm going to be talking like how you talking. If you're talking about a guy who's played 18 years in the league and going to New York, there's no way you're going to not tell me that he's not mentally ready to play or be to run a team. And, and he's never run a and, team and before. Okay, there's no way you're not going to tell me he's not able to run a team or ready to run a team when he got Phil Jackson watching his back. So you're saying he'll be the – Phil Jackson will be the Same way master. Pat Riley is, and Sproulster is. Pat Riley could have came down – we talked about Pat Riley coming down to coach – when Sprosa took the job, he never came down. He said, that is our coach. He's going to stick to our coach. Look at him now. They're in four finals. And he was an assistant coach before he was the head coach. Yeah, he was a – He was a. I, and I said this on this show that Sprosa, I have no problem with that guy being a head coach. And not that even a matter if I did, but if you know where he come from, he was breaking down film as right. a ball boy, okay. breaking down film, worked his way up to the ranks. Yeah. Same way. The exact opposite of Derek Fisher. Same, no, the exact opposite. Yeah. Derek, Derek Fisher been playing basketball just as long as he's been doing that. Eric Spolster has been an assistant coach more years than Derek Fisher has, right? Derek is, Fisher has been true playing basketball all his life. All his life. You think he wasn't preparing for, to win five NBA championships? You was, he wasn't prepared to do that? He's been playing basketball all his life the same way Dirk Fisher, I mean, Eric Sprosser has been pre- preparing to be a head coach all his life. Yeah, so you can't even compare the two. You can prepare the two. He's a point guard. I'm talking about point guards and guards, guys who know the game, guys who run the court. You think they're not, after all that experience and all those years they've been on that basketball court, that all of a sudden he's not like Doc Rivers, like Mark Jackson. All of a sudden they don't know what they're doing as coaches. And I said this about New York. Mark Jackson was an analyst. I saw, which made him what? Made him watch a lot of film and we, watch a I, lot of things. You think Derek White, Fisher's not watching a lot of film? Derek Why do you think Fisher. he's great? Why do you think he's great? You think he's not watching a lot of film? What, what makes him all of a sudden he can't play or coach the game or don't know the game because he's just coming off? I didn't say he, he doesn't know he the game. Did, he can't be a head coach because he's not going through the ranks. That's, that's a great story. I like it. I, I, I would love to write a book about that. It might be a bestseller, but you don't have to always go through the ranks. You show me where you always got to go through the ranks to be successful, and I'll tell you you're wrong 100 Who times. Who has come through right off the basketball court and started head coaching the next year? I don't year? know. Look at, look at your computer and find out. I don't know. Google it. Jason Kidd. Yeah. Took his team to the playoffs. Yeah, and a it, team where I could have made the playoffs as a head coach. In a conference where I could have made the playoffs right. as a head coach. You probably could because, well. You don't think you can take the Knicks to the playoffs in the East? Obviously not. Uh, why, with, why not? with Mike Woodson, who's been a head coach for 10 years. 
Mike, if your team, Mike if your Wilson. team gives up on you, I mean, it was a lot. Of, I mean, if your team was, gives up on you. That then that's, that's it. why you find a guy like their official who they not gonna give up on because they know this guy knows. They know the game. him straight off the court. They know this guy. They competed against him. They they he had to guard those guys or they had to guard him. They know what he's about. They know his his mentality to the game. So him coming off the court, being a head coach, have no problem with it. Half the guys and, and, on I, the- and I already said, sorry man, I already said <laughs> that. This might be a starter job for Phil Jackson or Dirk Fisher. Might be a starter job. I know it's New York. You're not going to just win right away. You might need to get some players in there and say, Dirk Fisher, I'll coach, and then down the road, get somebody you want. That's what I said. It might be a starter job. That's one of the first things I said. And then we, here we are right now. So, so we're, we're in a, a situation nowadays where instead of instead you just th- excuse me, throw somebody into the fire and then hope it works out, and then if it doesn't, you get somebody to replace them? No, I don't think that's the case with Dirk Fisher. But well, that, that's the that's case. That's what a starter that's, job that's, is, that's right? What a ca- that's what the case is for most. Some I don't, I don't think that's the case with Derek Fisher. I really don't. No, it's not the case for Derek Fisher. Uh, he's under Phil Jackson. Like Phil Jackson, he bought this man championship rings. He bought Derek Fisher up in the system. Derek Fisher obviously feels comfortable enough to go talk with Phil because he knows his system. He knows that system better than anyone else. Think about it. he was the point guard to lead that system. I mean, yeah, you had Shaq and Kobe on the court as well but you needed your point guard to be that player coach to to maintain the management yeah Kobe and Shaq were arguing yelling on the court but who was the point guard keeping that together that was Derek Fisher stepping up all day long and then look what he did with Oklahoma City and like the leadership like like I was saying before with the guys half the guys on the Knicks they was watching uh, the three-peat Lakers back when yeah. they were younger and, and everything. So they respect Derek Fisher just from that standpoint. They might not respect a 50-year-old man, 60-year-old man coming into New York and trying to coach them, tell them how to play basketball. Unless that they, guy has already had some championships. Yeah, unless he, yeah, unless he has some championships. But they're not going to respect like a, I don't know, a, a Who is your Hollins ideal coach? Who is your ideal coach for the Knicks? George Carl. I like George Carl. George Carl's He's an old guy. He nice yeah. doesn't have any championships. He's George Carl, I like yeah. George Carl. Uh, no, and that's and that that wasn't like that wasn't my whole setup for this whole thing that George Carl should be uh-huh. the head coach. No, but, I know. I'm just saying. So I like George Carl. If, I wish and, he would come out, but he was been he's been sick. Why would he come put him? You can erase. That? You can erase my whole argument. My whole uh-huh. argument. I already if, did that. If excuse me, please. You can I erase my whole that. argument <laughs> if they run the triangle. If they implement the triangle 100, percent then he he can be the coach 100. percent because he knows that offense. Because when you talk, <laughs> what when you talk about the offense that they ran under Phil Jackson, don't think it was going, the damn triangle you, offense. You don't think he's going exactly? That's why Dirk Fisher's name is at the top of the, one of the top of the lists. Okay, if they yeah. run the triangle offense, they don't have the they don't have the uh, so the, you, the team right now to run there, the triangle offense. Whatever coach comes there has to run a triangle to be successful, regardless of who he is. That hasn't so, been talked about 100. percent that They're going to run the triangle okay. offense. George Carl goes there. He's been a head coach. George Carl just. He, he, he's different, I know. Well, he's no, different. he gets respect from coaching for 20-plus years. Absolutely. So Phil Jackson wants somebody who, who's going to run a triangle. So George Cole comes there. What, what offense he runs? Why would he bring somebody in if he – why wouldn't he just walk down there and coach? Exactly. exactly. What, exactly what? You said exactly. that a hundred times. Well, Steve Kerr, he wanted Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr was going to run the triangle. The conversation was, do I have to run a triangle? Can he run his own offense? What kind of identity you going to have as a head coach if you got to do what the guy tell you upstairs? That's why you Ask hired Eric me. Ask Eric Spolstra. That's why you hired me. He was that's given why, a team. He was uh, given a you championship. You said Eric Spolstra? Yeah. Okay, well, well, Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley said, I'm not stepping down because don't you think Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley set every day? They set every day and probably still do to the – I'm guaranteeing yeah, they still do that. to this day. They also have the best player on the planet, which makes it easier. Right. Just like 
Phil Jackson had the best. Player I think on the that planet. Eric. Spo- I remember I said on the show after the, after the Mavericks beat Miami four games straight in the finals. I thought Eric Spolstra should have got fired. Why? Ooh. I said that. Why? Pull that. Pull. I'll try and pull the tape from that. I why? won't. But why would why would he get fired? Because he was given. The best team maybe ever, well, not ever, but he was given one of the top ten teams so in the Frank NBA. So Frank Vogel should be fired, too. How much time do you give Frank Vogel? One more year? If they get the number one seed next year and they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals again and play Miami again, I'll give him a year every time that happens. So you don't think some teams, certain teams, can have that growth that the Indiana Pacers have? And they, are having a, they are growing. They are yeah, growing. Yeah, backwards. They, they, I say growing, not going. They are growing. <laughs> growing is going upward. They are growing. You don't give them time to get over the hump to a, a superior team like the San Antonio Spurs or the Miami Heat. They don't have that it they guy need a yet. Point guard. Yeah, I know. I've been saying that forever. They, they haven't. They don't. They don't have the it guy yet. Paul George. Who's the it guy? Who? Who? They don't have one yet. Pa- Paul George, yeah. the it guy. Really? Yes. Roy Hibbert, they gave the Roy house Hibbert's, to. Yeah, that's they give the not, house to, no, and he doesn't. No, he doesn't do it. No, I know. And they're saying that Lance Stevenson, they're gonna, they're gonna retain Get Lance Stevenson. Get rid of that guy. Larry Bird wants to. Lance Stevenson, Lance Stevenson is great. They Get about r- to trade. Um, they looking to trade uh, Roy Hibbert anyway. Oh, yeah, I, I think they're open to trade talk. Who Get, would, who would pick up that fifty mil that they owe him still after this playoffs? Uh, Milwaukee, a lot of teams, <laughs> a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah I don't New know. York. That guy's nah. seven foot two. I got to be. This had to be the worst year he's ever in his history of basketball, ever. You know, you know, we should take him if uh, <laughs> if they don't get Kevin Love. You think Golden State take him? I know he can't run. Golden but State, it, yeah, but they have a big guy down low. I mean, there there are teams that they're going to yes, be doing the same thing. But it's a lot money. of money. That's a lot of money to pay somebody that nobody's picking up a guy the bet in the playoffs. Who who, who in the playoffs? Three or four times did not score a basket. You seven foot two yeah. did not have a block shot. Nobody's picking up that guy. You fifty dollars. Indiana gonna eat though that fifty million. Yeah. So I mean I I don't really I don't know. But back to the initial thing, Derek Fisher. I'm not saying it's gonna be a bad thing. I'm not saying that it's a hundred percent gonna be bad. I'm saying I must that the cards that the cards are stacked against him to be the head coach of the New York Knicks. That's fine. Cards probably stacked against him to play in the NBA, but he, you know, he's eighteen years in five NBA championships. If you think any of our players who are sued over this brain concussion stuff, we talked about this yesterday, they lazy, they desperate, please call into the show if you think you know more about this or you know more about this. I would like to put your opinions, which let you know how close you are in your opinions or how far you are in your opinions. But if you think you know more, then please tell me why Dan Marino is suing the NFL for concussions. We'll get to that. We'll talk about that some other time. But please call in, 888 888- Three four six nine one four four, for all those pronosticators who think they know more about the inside of the NBA, NFL as just watching on TV and reading the book or reading the stories or reading the paper, please call me, please. Little little upset still from yesterday's show, huh? You still a little, what? Little flamouche from yesterday's show? I don't even know what flamouche is. I don't take things off the. I don't take things out the uh, studio. <laughs> I know, no. we're back in the studio I now. I don't take things out of the studio. We're back in the studio now. No, I just don't, you know, people who think they know more than me, I like to know more than them also. If you think you know more than me about something I've done for a living for, for a, a while, call in and tell me something <laughs> I don't know. I love to learn. Call in and tell me something I don't know. And then tell me why Dan Marino 
is suing the NFL. <laughs> well, because he just got he just got cut by CBS Sports. So what? I'm just saying. Now now he's now he's not getting a paycheck. So are maybe you, he's just jumping on the bandwagon. So here. he needed a paycheck. Maybe. Are you out of your mind? You how could you say he, that? He he has financial issues. I mean, it's been documented <laughs> that he has some issues with it too. So he needed a paycheck. So I'm a I'm Dan Marino. I'm a I just got fired. I'm gonna throw my name in the hat. Is that does that sound that crazy? It sounds crazy to me. Why he? Why? Why? I don't know. Because if he has financial issues, I mean, still, you could get so you he get your twelve thousand dollars that every player is going to get. He can work um twelve hundred. He can work <laughs> at CBS and still throw his name in the hat. Why he just now doing it? I don't know. I know. I don't know. I know. And that's what a lot of people that's going to call in gonna say. I don't know. They're going to say that I don't know. Well, then why did he do because it? Because what? Why he didn't do it? Because he had concussions. See, you a lot of a lot of outside people think they okay. They in desperate need. Some of them are. They in desperate need. A lot of them think that, okay, I knew what I was doing, but I did it anyway. That that's not always the case. A lot of them think that they uh, uh, or lazy. They don't want to get a job. Oh, I can get in this lawsuit and do this. This stuff is afforded to them. Why not get into it? I and mean, we already talked about that the lawyers gonna make more on this than the players. But why not throw your name in the hat because they no one's talking about the documents that the NFL hid. No one's talking about that. No one's talking about the two billion that end up being seven hundred and sixty-five million. No one's talking about that. It's just it's because the players are a dime a dozen. Most of the players, a high percentage of the players are a dime a dozen. That's why you have the draft. That's why you do everything to market football. That's why football is number one sport. That's why you can do those things. And, and, and when these guys don't have uh, the information, now, and I've said this, okay, give me the decision. Put the choices in my hand to make those decisions. And then I'm well within, well within my rights to sign off on it, whatever. And then you can't come back and, and get this, this, and that, or whatever lawsuit. But when you hide the information from me, come on now. Dan Marino probably had concussions. Uh, I don't even remember him having a concussion, but he probably had concussions because I didn't know I had concussions until I did my line of duty. It was in my charts, and I never knew that, and I never missed a game. So you explain that to me, and then we could talk more on Dan Marino why he's joining a lawsuit. Uh, so we concussion. just won't ever talk about it because there's nothing I can say that would make you. Probably not. Okay. Probably not. We'll just get some call ins. The guys who know what they're talking about, we get some call ins and we'll talk. What we'll see what they know. Because I because you have to explain to me how somebody just think these guys are signing off on this thing just to be doing it, or they didn't know they knew what they were doing. Most of some of them did. Half of them probably did. Half of us probably knew what we were doing. Uh, but I know a lot of times. I know a high percentage of the times, trainers didn't say, if you take this, this can affect you down the road. I'm I, sure they I, didn't say that. that. Well, I'm sure they didn't well, say that. Why, tell me why they, wouldn't they say that. Well, they wouldn't say that because they're trying to protect their, their product. So they're hiding information. Yeah. Okay, so what's wrong with these guys going back and getting something that they didn't know about? I didn't say that this there was grown, ever anything. Just because they grown men. That's the same thing I talk about. Um, what? You saying... Oh, you was playing devil's advocate? No, yesterday I was saying and that... It, it, it was, yesterday was the conversation, but plenty of times we had this conversation. Yeah, no, I'm saying that when it comes down to it, it's not fair. That's the whole thing, and I've said... Which part is not fair? It's not fair that you don't get restitution for all of, your, for all of what happened when you were playing. You don't get the full medical care. You don't get full, you don't get full everything. I understand that. And I, and, and I said what it came down to, which got you hot, was that... And that it didn't get me hot. No, it's a conversation. That you guys, you guys are employees. You were employees, right? Not always do employees are not always are employees always privy to about every Wendy's. information. You're not talking about Wendy's or McDonald's. You're not talking about that. You're talking about a whole other ball game. Why? You're not. When it comes down to it, 
your employees. Is that correct or not? That that's all I'm asking. Why is minimum wage? Why is minimum wage um, for McDonald's different for NFL? McDonald's and because there's a lot more money. Well, there's no, a lot it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Do you find the numbers on? There how are much 32 teams in the NFL. There are 2.6 billion McDonald's around the world. So there's more money, and 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 I'm not even talking about the, before they went franchise where you can get a McDonald's. I'm talking about the money McDonald's make around the world. That's more money than football. Okay. So why the my why minimum wage is what is it ten dollars? No. <laughs> People wish. It's $15 in Colorado. He just signed off on it. Really? Yeah. I'm moving. Um, why okay. is it more? Because there's, uh, there's more marketing. There's more TV. There's more, there's more everything. It's, it's number one sport in, in, in the U.S. <laughs> it's not more marketing <laughs> than McDonald's on TV. Every time you watch TV, it's a McDonald's commercial. Well, then answer the question. What's the, what's the answer? Because they can pay these guys that much. Because it's entertainment. Don't tell me we are employees. This is a different There's job. a lot less there's employees di- than a- there are in McDonald's also. In this- the NFL. Yeah, McDonald's, you're not risking your life. What, you going to get burned by some hot grease cooking fries? And you're going to get a lawsuit? You're going to be in a lawsuit with Dan Marino? Because he decided to cook fries one, one year when he was coming out of college? Or when he was in college? Or before he went to college? This, they are not going to pay you this money and tell you everything about it if they didn't have this money. It's the same thing I said with baseball. How can I get somebody $300 million if I wasn't making probably three times that over 10 years? It's not going to happen. Thursday night basketball game, San Antonio Spurs and the Miami Heat. Um, they think Tim Duncan is trash talking. I've never heard Tim, talk, Tim Duncan talk like this. But in my opinion, Tim Duncan said it wasn't trash talking at all. If you understand trash talking, this is Tim Duncan being confident about we understand we let it get away in game six last year. This is a great opportunity to play against the f- second best team, the Miami Heat. And then get some redemption to these, to the championship game that they lost last year. Why does the, or how does the San Antonio Spurs beat the Miami Heat this year? Just by playing San Antonio basketball. I think I, I was telling Demery this on there before you got here. Either five or six, I'm picking San Antonio. And the reason why is because Boris Diaw has completely changed his game. That's another low post threat. I think that the sum of its parts can beat LeBron and an aging Dwayne Wade and an aging Chris Bosh and no low post presence whatsoever. So I think the question should be, how does Miami beat San Antonio? Because I think San Antonio just plays their game. Well, that could have been the question. The question I was asking you. You put Danny Green, you put Kawhi Leonard on LeBron James. If Kawhi Leonard doesn't take a shot the whole game and uses, exhausts all of his energy on the defensive end, that's the way to do it. I would like that. But you think that's going to work? I would love to say, I would love Popovich. You're not going to challenge me to shoot jumpers uh, a year later when those guys have been professionals most of their career, professional as far as doing what you have to do in the offseason. Work on a part of your game that's, that's been liking. You're not going to dare me to shoot a shot a year later for to the team I beat, and I know that San Antonio, if I'm Miami Heat, they had me on the ropes. They had that championship in six games last year. You're not going to – I like the idea of Kawhi Leonard, don't worry about baskets. You just take LeBron and make sure he only gets no more than 25 points. Yeah. I, I like that but idea. But you got to make LeBron work on defense you as gotta well. You got to make him That's work fair. on defense. That's fair. Oh, with, absolutely. Yeah, you got to make him work on defense as well, which, you know, LeBron, he's going to end up guarding Tony Parker because he's going to make Mario Tom. He's going to run circles around Mario Thomas and what Norris about Cole. Nor- Norris Cole. I think Norris Cole would be better on – I don't think anybody can cover uh, 
in Parker. that lineup, yeah, yeah, I, I could trust Norris Cole this year more than I did last year's finals, uh, guarding uh, Tony Parker. But at the end of the day, Tony Parker, he's still what top five point guards in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, and you got to think he they just, run so many pick and rolls that yeah. you're going to have to switch. You're going to have to do these things. LeBron's going to work on defense regardless of who he's guarding, and they're going to make a point team. of that. Against this team, they're yeah. going to make them work Because they're so methodical. And Danny Green showed that he can play defense in the playoffs. So when Ray Allen comes on the court, he can run around with Ray Allen and, and get in his face and make sure that it doesn't happen how it went down last year. Mario Chalmers looked like he just gained weight. He just looked sloppy. He don't look like, uh, he don't look like the point that he should be. He just – I don't think they've gotten on him enough. You remember how I talked about how they let that they grown man – Yeah, how they let that grown man – you let a grown man talk to you like that. I don't care who he is or at first first and foremost we, we men, so there's a certain way we talk to each other. I don't I didn't see a lot of that this year. Uh I think they might need that for the playoffs. Making LeBron work on both ends of the court, it's not just for this one game. It's case it's in case we go a six to seven game series and this guy's tired at the end of those six yeah. to seven games. It's gonna break down the three threes for San Antonio to me, like to be to, to beat Miami, to make LeBron work. I mean, he's a hard, he's a worker. He's the best player in the league. You got to make that man work so he can get tired in the fourth quarters, and then dominate the the down low post presence. Tim Duncan, he's gonna work out in the post. Last year, what he averaged like thirty points in the finals. It was a lot. It was, yeah, twenty eight, thirty points like a night. You gotta you gotta make that work, and then also just playing that sag defense, uh, holding the paint down. For on San Antonio's defensive end against Miami, make LeBron shoot those mid range jump shots. Like make him. That's the weakest part of his game. Is it? Is it? Uh, is it not? Is, is he terrible at the mid range? No, he's not terrible. He's not. LeBron's developed that, but is that the weakest part? Do you want him taking mid range jump shots yeah. rather than running down court, facilitating, making backwards passes, blowing you past the rim? You can pack that lane. You can bring Tim Duncan, Splitter, and Kawhi Leonard. LeBron, he's he's gonna have to put him in tough situations. No, absolutely. So and, I no. think it breaks down to that if for to give San Antonio a chance. Yeah, and to your to your statement earlier, Which one? LeBron's worked 365 days on his jump shot. So when he did play San Antonio in the finals, he'd be able to hit the 18, 20 footer with consistency. And I, I, and you're yeah. right, you need to have LeBron beat you from 25 feet, and, 23 feet. And I, you know, a lot of guys work on that. When you LeBron working on. Um, all offseason hitting those jumpers and hitting those shots all over the court. I bet he has San Antonio in mind because San Antonio and probably Oklahoma City. What other teams you thought would get there and play the final? Because I'm sure Miami. Clippers, Houston, it. all these fakers that everybody loves. I thought, um, <laughs> I'm sure Miami thought they would be the team in the final. So if I'm in, if I'm going to be in the final, it's like a little kid counting down to three, two, one and shooting you out there by yourself. Mm-hmm. That has to enter his mind. Uh, I'm sure San Antonio is that team that he knows that could have beat them. I, I'm not sure what Chris Bosh is talking about. There was no trash talking on Tony, Tim Duncan's part. It was trash well, talk. And, well, that's interesting. Huh? It was that's trash a, talk. Yeah, it 100% was. A, was. No, it was it. Tim Duncan? He's a soft-spoken guy, and he never says anything. If this he was Lance Stevenson, it'd be everywhere. If it was you know, anybody. If I don't it was, think that's Tim, uh, Tim it Duncan. It was trash talking. talk. We're going to get it done this time I, means yeah. we're going to beat you in the finals. Yeah. What that's do you want Tim Duncan to say? We're going to go out there, and we're going to do our thing. What he's done is said 20 years. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I don't think we can get past him this year. That's not it. That's not 
not the only that's two ways. That's why it's not trash talking. Tim Duncan saying exactly what it is. We gonna be. We yeah, gonna he keeping it. Shit. He keeping it real. But at the end of the day, it's 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 throwing a little. Hey, that's we, not we here. We, we want you. Team. We gonna get it this I'm time. I'm Tim Duncan. We had y'all beat last year. Uh, we gonna beat you this year. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's not trash talking. Oh, okay. That's that's we wanted you. We got you again. And we wanted. And I I can appreciate that. I'm like. All right. If it was anybody but, else but Tim Duncan, <laughs> no, well, not that's not the case. But current Chris Bosh, I just think is the weakest link of that big three. His mindset is just, why wouldn't you be ready in a finals? In the finals, he talking about if we ever down, it ain't no if we ever down. If you ever down in the finals and you need that motivation that Tim Duncan uh, comment made, that's for you. Chris Bosh That's not for you the You just hate guys. on Chris Bosh Huh You just hate on Chris Bosh No I like Chris Bosh I, I just like I don't like him shooting threes But he can hit the three I don't I don't, I don't have no problem With Chris, Chris Bosh I just didn't see him As a big three He was a big one In Toronto He averaged 25 and 14 and 25 and 13 in Toronto Yeah that's, so, he, who, else, who else was there It's called being a team player <laughs> we, And we backing off go. into the Backing off into the, the, the spotlight Backing out of the spotlight A little bit Tell Russell Westbrook that well, how many how many championships does he have, and how many does yeah. the Heat have? So uh, obviously, Chris Bosh is doing something, right? Chris Bosh had nothing to do with those. Hey, I want to thank my guest. He had two uh, game winners in the finals I thank in my two guest years. Yesterday, uh, uh, go Francis, who came in, hopefully he made it home safe. Uh, be on the lookout for hard hitting radio probably on uh, Thursdays uh, during our time. They're going to join the show, and then you know check out Mark McMillan. Kwamla Sports Talk, Alex Clancy at Clancy's Corner, Demery Lachey. I don't know if he has Twitter up yet, but you know we'll see you. Going to take a day off on Wednesday, and we'll be back Thursday. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.